All day is a steep climb alternating between thick sun-dappled beech forests on mossy trail and glorious high ridges, the mountains like a bunched green carpet, the folds reaching to a never-ending horizon. I walk well today, enjoying the exertion as much as the views. I finally pop out on a kind of wide and open mesa-like section and can see Slady Hut tucked in ahead, safely out of the wind. I'm the first to arrive and claim the best bunk on the far wall. Just as I begin to organize my gear, John, the American hiker, bangs in, followed by a few others, and they take up the remaining bunks. And then John proceeds to take over the conversation. Oh, my friends, he's absolutely insufferable. Every other sentence is about how fast he's going and the huge distances he's covering and all that'll have to do tomorrow on the trail, like somehow we won't also be doing the exact same thing. I passed two guys, but I was just flying up the hill. Oh, gee, I'll have to carry water for 13 kilometers tomorrow. I can't believe how fast I got here. He's about the most annoying know-it-all I have met on the trail. And here I am stuck in a tiny hut with him. And gosh, this is the guy I danced down the trail with on the Queen Charlotte track. What gives? He must be in a fog of his own glory and forgets that we've met. So I put in my earplugs and set up my bunk station. John still droning on. I've waited all day to finally have this rest as though no one else has hiked or exerted and looked forward to a rest or deserved one but him. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Just like that small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-Rag shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. Also, Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. The day begins with my friend Maggie pointing out a good luck charm, a rainbow taking over the sky and framing the mountains as we drive from Nelson back to Hackett Creek, where I left off a few days ago. I'm entering the Tasman region of New Zealand as I walk south on the Te Araroa. It's a short uphill until I join the Richmond track and head into the range, a five- to six-day tramp that's considered the hardest hiking on the trail. But the sun is shining as Maggie, Steve, and another friend start me off with a side trip to Whispering Falls, a serpentine scene glistening in the sun like a beaded curtain dripping over moss with a light hiss. Maggie loads me up with one more homemade bagel with lox and extra cream cheese. I save it for the moment when I reach a mountain view, and then say goodbye, feeling a familiar tightening in my chest. Fear of the unknown... It doesn't help that my feet don't feel solid in the damp. I decide the only way to feel better in this situation is to just keep moving, but go more slowly. I have all day, and I'm loaded down with food. 
Just take it easy. A sign warns of multiple river crossings which happen one after another, like a roller coaster up and over, then down to the boiling water. I begin to see peaks ahead and a hiker sitting on a rock. It's Aline, the beautiful Dutch woman with a million-dollar smile. She tells me it's only 700 meters to the next hut, but straight up through mist, clearing every so often to reveal mountains upon mountains. I cross a high plateau, then head down into an enchanted moss-covered forest before returning to another high plateau in a tiny hut where I try to ignore John's bragging. I'm at least 20 years older than him and everyone here. I'm doing really well, but I just don't fit in to the world of kilometer comparison. Truth is, I want a kind word my way, real conversation, or just to commiserate on what we've done together, and definitely not to have to listen to this condescending comparison conversation. I tell myself, this too shall pass, then pick up an old magazine. I turn to a piece about a Kiwi mountaineer who made many daring first ascents in the 1920s, but was humble about it and ever curious. Why is it okay, I wonder, for a 30-year-old man to brag but not say a middle-aged woman. In the morning, I'm the first one out heading steeply up the ridge, clouds below me as I ascend into the crystal blue sky. The wind keeps me cool as I push up and over and back down into mossy, sun-dappled forest. I feel insecure after John's bragging and relive the evening trying out new comebacks. Of course John catches up with me, and I decide... Why not have him talk about himself into my microphone? I apologize to him that I should have asked yesterday, and I know his schedule is pressed. And he's happy to stop and talk. He really is not that much of a jerk when you talk to him one-on-one. Of course, remember I've interviewed conductors, composers, and performers, all with, shall we say, healthy egos. I've gotten quite good at putting people at ease and letting them share about their favorite topic, themselves. I didn't really realize I go fast until I saw other people around me, but I just enjoy that pace and I get a lot of energy out of moving at that speed and seeing things my own way. So when you talk about it in the crowd, in the group, at the hut, (laughs) are you hoping to, like, educate people and, like, help them say, hey, you can go faster? That was my goal in the beginning of this trail. Uh, when I saw people carrying a lot of extra gear and not covering much ground every day and having a lot of pain doing it. But I think everybody at this point has learned what works for best for them and they want to do their own thing. So I don't want to push anything on people. I'll just, you know, if they ask questions and they're interested, I'll I'll surely talk about it. But I'm, I'm not out there to force my thoughts on the masses. <laughs> <laughs> what is your philosophy of long-distance trails? That's always, that's the hardest part of all of this, I think. It's not, it's not hiking up steep mountains or figuring out your gear. It's trying to arrange your life around what you want to do. And so far, I've been pretty lucky to be able to work in short-term contract jobs that allow me to save up money and leave and re-enter the workforce at will. So it's hard to appreciate that for its full value. And I, I know someday that'll probably have to come to an end, but for now, I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Do people on the trail um, annoy you ever? It's pretty rare, honestly, because everybody out here has a pretty similar mindset and attitude, and 
people are pretty easygoing. So, and that's part of the reason I like being out here for extended periods of time with other people who share that mindset is because I am in a relaxed mood and it's not like in the working world. <laughs> What's the biggest thing you've learned so far? Besides how much I hate rocks. <laughs> um, how to have patience with myself because I know I can hike really far if I want to, but I'll set a goal at the end of the day not to push myself to make it that far, but so I stop and don't try to go further. And just so I give myself the space and time I need to enjoy the scenery. I'm surprised he shows a humble side, the one grateful to organize his life so he can take huge chunks of time off. He still talks too much and uses I way too much, but I feel different after our chat. He agrees we all have to hike our own hike, and it's something I continually have to tell myself. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I share stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker in hopes of empowering you to learn to hike your own hike, too. You can subscribe to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple to help the show get discovered. John flies up, just as he described and he takes off to Old Man Ridge, where I top up my water bottle at a mini rain barrel. The trail is crumbling and eroded with tricky footing, and just ahead I see the monster mountain Rintoul looming above, the ridge going deep into forest, then up and back down a few more times before summiting. By the time I reach the final forest, I slow the pace so I can keep moving up. I then pop out onto stones at a flattish spot with a gentle breeze. I lean against the orange pole, a triangle shoved into the top looking a bit like an arrow pointing... where? Ha, who cares? I splay out my feet and pull out salami and cheese for lunch. Yellow and white mountain daisies in bunches grab hold of what little earth there is between rocks. The mountains lie in waves, choppy and sharp, and a thin ridge reaches past me. Am I meant to walk that? I pull out my map, certain the trail continued to my right and not ahead. Warnings tell me that the scree is loose and dangerous, and that there's another mountain to summit. Another mountain? The real Rintoul is next to it, an even more giant. Everything comes into sharp focus. I'm meant to climb down, way down, and then right back up. And this time, it's not just out-of-breath climbing. It's through a gravelly, ball-bearing-like scree nightmare. I wipe off the dirt from my behind and pack up. Well, might as well get started. It's loose dirt, stones and boulders, clingy some of the times, then spilling its way over steep rock. It's use the poles, use your hands, use your butt kind of climbing. It's slow, too, inching along slow, as I carefully creep down the side of the baby mountain, nearly back into trees, before I finally heave a sigh of relief and shoot right back up on scree stones of all sizes, up and up to a summit. It's worth it, affording me a view of mountains for miles and the impossibly turquoise water of the Abel Tasman coast. 
A little dusty, a little scratched up, but pretty well okay. I sit at the second mountain for as long as I like. Aptly named Rintoul Hut is right below, and it's still early, the sun warm and the air fresh. Remember the saying, getting to the summit is only half the journey? It's true, it's down even more epic rubble ready to cut loose under my feet. I'm fooled into thinking it's all downhill as I climb up another small ridge before plunging yet again down. Sometimes I'm skiing, most of the time just breaking a fall. The rock-tripping hazards follow me into the forest until I finally reach a clearing looking straight at the bay and over to tomorrow's mountain. Rintoul Hut is hot and buggy, so I set outside with two young American firefighters who tell me Rintoul was a friend of Wakefield, the man who developed the colonial theory. That theory was developed to lure British colonizers to New Zealand with promises of perfect weather and large tracts of arable land. In actuality, it was more like thick bush and months upon months of rain. Everyone soon arrives, Eline, Kachka, and Kuba, and a French-Canadian named Jamie. I put off making dinner as long as possible, not sure I can ration food for five more days. The two firefighters engage me in conversation and offer a few drams of southern comfort. I'm the age of their mothers, and they sweetly but clumsily compliment my being out here and how good I look. (laughs) There's yet another mountain to climb tomorrow, plus a deep river gorge to negotiate. I know that John is far ahead of all of us, and probably I won't see him again. Eleanor Roosevelt said, No one can make you feel bad without your consent. The truth is, John is just who he is, and the fact that he tweaks my insecurity and not going fast enough is my problem. As we sit outside without a sandfly in sight, I wonder what would have happened had I not talked to John, and rather than see him more as a peer just hiking his own hike, taken his bragging as fighting words. I might have marched up those two mountains and missed out on sitting up there almost an hour on each one, enjoying the view, the air, and the sunshine. Maybe it's good to get tweaked every now and again by someone making you feel a little bit inferior. It causes you to test your assumptions and then decide what matters and what doesn't. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles and Belega Socks for supporting the P-Rag podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review the P-Rag at Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about my long walks on the Te Araroa and other trails around the world at thepeerag.com. The music you're listening to is me, and it's available on iTunes. Next week, I climb that mountain and cross rivers over and over, sidling crumbling banks and pushing myself hard. But you know what? It was so worth it. Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails. <laughs>